CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs and welcome to the Great America Show. Great to have you with us. And it's great to see the quick start of the 118th Congress. No hesitation, no breaks, no excuses. The Republicans, with Kevin McCarthy as their speaker, moving straight ahead to do the people's business. The Marxist Dems don't like it, of course, but it's hard to care what they don't like. The Biden regime and their Marxist Dem accomplices in both the House and Senate are hell-bent on destroying what's left of America. That much is obvious to nearly everyone. This week in Mexico City, Biden met with Prime Minister Trudeau and Mexican President Andre Manuel Lopez Obrador, presumably to assure that all of North America goes Marxist at the same time. They want to coordinate such things, don't they? Biden did make it known that he's not content to have brought an estimated 5 million illegals into the United States in his first two years. Are you ready for this? He is now planning to make it even easier for illegal immigrants to enter the United States. I can't wait to find out how he plans to make it any easier, how he could do more damage to the country in less time. The president of Mexico, you will not be pleased to know, did graciously thank Biden for not building even so much as a single meter of the border wall, making it so much easier, of course, to cross and keep the big money wheels spinning without a lot of disruption, keep everything smooth, keeping the cartels rolling in cash with their illegal immigrant smuggling, their sex trafficking, and of course, there are those killer drugs. Methamphetamines, cocaine, heroin, and fentanyl, all part of the money wheel because those drugs kill more than 100,000 Americans a year, maybe as high as 150,000. So there have to be, of course, replacements, which means the cartels have to bring in more and more illegals to replace all the Americans their drugs kill. Don't want to have any labor shortages, do we? And they sure don't want the market demand for their drugs to decline. A truly beautiful money wheel, which is what I strongly suspect was the major item on the Biden-Trudeau-AMLO agenda. What could be bigger than that, right? So Biden surely didn't say a single word to Lopez Obrador about maybe, just maybe, asking nicely the drug cartels to perhaps, please, don't kill so many American citizens. You'd think that Biden could at least nicely ask AMLO to inquire whether the cartels would consider reducing what is now the wholesale fentanyl slaughter of hundreds of thousands of Americans. But you know, Biden is, after all, the big guy, the 10 percenter, and he does have a family to support, right? And Biden has other matters on his mind as well. It turns out that just days before the November midterm elections, November 2nd, crazy timing, huh? Just amazing. Just days before the midterm elections, less than a week before the election. Just imagine the coincidence. 
the president's very own attorneys just happened to be opening a locked closet in an old office of Joe Biden, and they find, right? It's hard to believe. They find top-secret documents discovered in a closet of all places at the Penn-Biden Center, a think tank. Think of that, the Penn-Biden Center think tank. Because, of course, Biden is synonymous with big thinking and a closet that had been locked for years and his attorneys just happened to be there. And then it's only days before the election. How about all of that for coincidences? And it only took two and a half months for the story to come out to all of us. First, they said there were only a few documents, highly classified. And, of course, Biden said he was surprised they were there. This is a man who's surprised at what he has for breakfast. But then there was a suggestion there were boxes more with more documents. But it's all okay because Joy, he says, is a nice fella. But today, guess what? That's right, another coincidence. They found more batches of top-secret documents belonging to Joe Biden. And these new highly classified documents are in an entirely different location you know, if Joe Biden weren't such a nice guy, a lot of people would be highly suspicious. But then again, a lot of people have been suspicious of Joe Biden for a very long time. I thought it might be fun to listen to how NBC News first reported, broke the news, that Biden had misplaced more top-secret documents that he should never have taken, never been in possession of in the first place. Listen as the NBC reporter falls all over himself, excusing, apologizing, rationalizing the awful news that he is breaking to the American public. Aides to President Biden have been conducting an exhaustive search, we are told, of other locations to make sure they've gathered up all the classified documents that went to the wrong place, because if it happened once, it could happen again. And what we're told is that they have found at least one additional batch of classified documents. Now, that's basically all we know. We don't know the extent, the nature of the classification on these documents. We don't know exactly when they were found. And, and again, we don't know whether this was anything more than inadvertent error by whoever was packing the documents yeah. as they left the Biden White House. But it's, it's significant because it shows that the, the scope of this may be more broad than we first realized. You know, we, we were initially talking about a set of less than a dozen documents in one location at the Penn Biden Center. Now it appears there are more classified documents uh, that went astray uh, after Joe Biden left the Obama administration. And there you have it, NBC News breaking the story, Ken Delanian, the reporter. He got through it, didn't he? Well, now, thanks to the Republican majority in Congress, it looks like we will be able to put at least some of those nasty suspicions to rest. Because today, the chairman of the powerful House Oversight Committee, James Comer, wrote Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen demanding information about suspicious business dealings of the Biden family and asking Twitter executives to testify on the blackout of the Hunter Biden laptop reports. The 118th Congress, as I said, already in action. Investigations well underway and after a historic week of negotiations for reforms that mean this Congress will be more effective, transparent, and significantly different. Our guest today is Congressman James Comer, the man leading those investigations and making it clear his first investigation 
is focused squarely on President Biden. Congressman, great to have you with us here. As always, how important in your judgment was last week's negotiations and the resulting reforms? Yeah, those guys had a great first week of, of Congress. Andy Biggs, Byron Donalds, uh, Michael Cloud, they're all on the Oversight Committee currently. Uh, we're excited to finally get started. I guess today's the first day we can officially mail out and, and send out requests for information as the the majority party as chairman of the House Oversight Committee. So I know that uh, they created an environment where there will be more transparency. Uh, there's not going to be a, a dictatorship like the Democrats had under Pelosi, like the Republicans have had in the past. Uh, there'll be more voices heard and uh, a more transparent process. So I, I think that's a, a win for every American. Absolutely. And the House passing the rules package, uh, transparency uh, assured as a result of that uh, that reform. Give us a sense of where you are going to focus first and foremost. Uh, I know you have been working on a number of issues. Uh, your priorities now as chairman. Well, from an investigative standpoint, uh, as you know, Lou, we're very concerned about the Biden family influence peddling. Uh, we believe that uh, more and more evidence surfaces that would uh, suggest that Joe Biden not only knew very well about what his family's shady business dealings were, but he was also a central figure in those business schemes. So uh, we want to bring that to light. Uh, we want to hold him accountable for any potential wrongdoing, and we want to change the, the law to where uh, it, it's not acceptable to have family members that profit off the last names of high-ranking political figures, especially the President of the United States, because if we don't change it, uh, it could be a problem moving forward with, with the next president or president. So, uh, you know, we're not going to let up on that. Uh, we have today asked the three executives that were identified by Elon Musk initially in the first Twitter dump to come uh, talk to our committee. We want to have transcribed interviews with them to discuss exactly what role the FBI played in suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story, because that's very concerning because the FBI had the laptop and they knew it wasn't Russian disinformation. So uh, we, we've we already started as we speak, uh, bringing people in with respect to Biden family influence peddling. We're concerned about Mayorkas and the disaster at the border. We're concerned about COVID-19. We're going to be taking the lead in that, uh, not just determining the origination of COVID-19, but also trying to get an accounting of where all the, the hundreds of billions, if not trillions of dollars of potential waste went and try to hold bureaucrats accountable for misusing our tax dollars. So no shortage of oversight priorities, and I'm glad that uh, we can officially get started now. How do you feel about the level of corruption in our federal government, uh, about the uh, the Marxist tone that the Democratic Party has taken on, uh, and the way in which the deep state, uh, the Marxist stems are working hand in glove, working together uh, to first assault the Republican Party and institutions uh, across uh, America? I'm very concerned. I've said this numerous times, the deep state is real. You know, just with the Twitter dumps, we see that the FBI, without any authority to do so, 
created a task force of at least 80 special agents that did nothing but police free speech on social media platforms, as well as paid them millions of dollars for their quote time to suppress conservative speech on social media platforms. The FBI should never be, or nor should any government agency be involved in censoring speech. And then to find out they're using massive amounts of tax dollars to do that, yet the Democrats never asked any questions or never held any oversight hearings. The Democrats have enabled the bureaucrats to continue to waste taxpayer funding and to abuse their power by going after Republicans. So I am concerned, and I hope that we can do something about it. You are going to be working uh, overtime uh, with all of those issues, and we know there are many more that uh, will likely be of interest to your committee. I, I want to just turn to one thing that you you mentioned there on COVID. Are you going to also be looking into the role of the uh, Centers for Disease Control, uh, their relationship to NIH, their relationship to the World Health Organization, uh, it is, uh, by all appearances, a, a highly suspicious uh, organization of relationships and institutions. Yes, sir. And I think you'll see the Oversight Committee is going to have a special subcommittee that will be focused on nothing but COVID-19, not just trying to determine the origination of COVID-19, but also to determine exactly what went on with the gain-of-function research that Dr. Fauci initially said wasn't happening, but now we know was happening. Uh, we also want to track the, the tax dollars that went through grants, because we believe a lot of the medical advisors that were constantly confirming every theory that, that Dr. Fauci had about COVID-19, that every directive that Dr. Fauci had, we believe they were uh, benefiting directly from, from grants. Uh, so we've got a lot of questions for them. We've already requested that about 40 different employees from the NIH, the CDC, uh, and HHS come in and sit down for transcribed interviews. We want to interview them to know exactly what they knew and when they knew it with respect to COVID, because we know now that so much of what Dr. Fauci was saying initially about the role the federal government had in the Wuhan lab, as well as uh, a lot of the decisions he made with respect to shutting small businesses down, uh, forcing public school students to learn virtually as opposed to in person. We now know those decisions were, were bad decisions. So we're just trying to get a better understanding of the thought process, the decision-making process. We need to fix this so where it doesn't happen in the future. And I have met, Jim Jordan and I, as you know, Jim will also be on the Oversight Committee. We've met with Rand Paul, uh, Ron Johnson, Chuck Grassley, and Roger Marshall in the Senate because they had big plans, obviously, to, to get Dr. Fauci in front of the, their committee and to subpoena some people with respect to COVID-19. They unfortunately can't do that because the Senate didn't flip like the House did. So they're working with us now and advising us on how we can uh, better pursue Dr. Fauci and, and hold Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins accountable for uh, a lot of potential wrongdoing. Excellent. I, I want to turn to a couple of, well, one of the first issues is those uh, suspicious activity reports, which the Biden administration has denied uh, your committee. Uh, will that change with you as chairman? Well, the last time we heard from Janet Yellen, she declined 
my request to observe and view those suspicious activity reports because she said I was in the minority. Well, as of today, I'm in the majority and I'm chairman of the committee. So we've re-requested from Secretary Yellen an opportunity to uh, take the suspicious activity reports and examine them, or if nothing else, uh, go in a classified room, sit down and, uh, along with my staff and, and read those suspicious activity reports. I was the director of a bank for a long time. I know how to comprehend a suspicious activity report. They're not that complicated. Uh, so we'll be waiting to see what we hear from Secretary Yellen. If we don't hear anything from Secretary Yellen, then uh, we'll unfortunately have to subpoena the, the reports from the banks. For the benefit of the audience who might not, some might not know, Treasury Secretary Yellen changed the rules that apparently, and quite logically, at the orders of the President of the United States, uh, when you became very interested in Hunter Biden's uh, SR, uh, suspicious activity reports, uh, that, uh, that certainly looked very bad in terms of uh, the denial of transparency uh, by the Biden administration. It, it does look bad, Lou, and I, I have learned some other things. I don't know 100% whether or not this is true or not, but I'll say this on your show. I, I fear that she may have let Maxine Waters view some suspicious activity reports of some uh, Republicans. So, uh, you know, this is something that should be concerning. Uh, another example of a, a two-tier system in the Biden administration, the way they treat Republicans versus the way they treat Democrats. But... Uh, We'll know more about that, hopefully, in the coming weeks. Well, we we know one thing that you and, and, and Jim Jordan have worked hand in glove, a great team. You're now in cross-membership on committees, so there'll be great communication, including on the so-called Church 2 uh, committee. Uh, so at, at this point, do you believe that the Financial Services Committee can work uh, better uh, with your committee to make certain uh, that you get all of the information that you need from Treasury, uh, from uh, whatever agency in the Biden administration? I hope so. I've had several communications with uh, Patrick McHenry, who will be chairman of that committee. The suspicious activity report is going to be part of their legislative agenda. They want to do reform, enact reform. With respect to those, there are a lot of banks that complain about uh, excessive compliance and excessive regulations after the Dodd-Frank bill that you know a lot about, Lou. And uh, that was one of the reforms that they're wanting to uh, implement. So uh, this is the, the term suspicious activity reports is going to be something that people hear a lot about for, for various reasons, not just because of our investigation of the Biden influence peddling, but also because a lot of banks want to see reform within those uh, bank reports. There is uh, so much that could be put under the heading of suspicious activity on the part of the federal government uh, in these uh, recent years. Uh, the classified documents uh, from uh, President Biden's days as vice president, uh, actually his post-vice presidency, and before the, the interim between vice president, if you will, and presidential candidate and president, uh, discovering it, they say, fewer than a dozen documents. Uh, we don't hear about it, though, for three months uh, that this has occurred. Uh, your thoughts about it, and is that worthy of some investigation, the way that uh, President Biden is treated? He is cocooned by the federal agencies, and President uh, Trump, they want to harpoon him at every turn. 
Yes, I'm very concerned about what we learned recently about the uh, Biden family having classified documents at the Biden Center. You know, how ironic, uh, because remember when Mar-a-Lago was raided, Lou, Joe Biden was very quick to criticize Donald Trump and said it was irresponsible for the president to uh, possess classified documents, even though the president is the only person that has the ability to declassify documents. But that's another story. Uh, the fact that he had some potentially classified documents, Joe Biden was quick to to uh, uh, criticize. Well, now we learn, thanks to investigative reporting, not anything that Joe Biden disclosed, mm -hmm. that he too possessed classified documents. Only his were from his time as vice president, so he didn't have the authority to declassify them. And, and you know, this apparently happened on November 2nd, about a week before the midterm elections. He didn't disclose that, even though when he was a candidate for president, Joe Biden said he would be the most transparent of president in the history of America. He's the least transparent president. And this is another cover-up by Joe Biden, because if you remember, Lou, the, the closing argument that Joe Biden made during the midterm elections was that Republicans were a threat to democracy. And one of the things he cited was, was Donald Trump personal residence being raided by his Department of Justice. So, you know, this is something that we're not going to let up on. We've requested information from the National Archives about who actually triggered that raid, because it should be very concerning that a little sleepy government agency like the National Archives would have the potential to order a raid of the former president of the United States. I mean, you talk about government agencies and bureaucracies out of control. That's the perfect example. Well, now we see Biden did the same thing. Are they going to raid Joe Biden's residence in Delaware? Are they going to raid his vacation home at Kiowa Island? You know, I don't know. So we're, we're going to try to find out about this and we're not going to let up on it. Uh, I'm sure we'll see a, a convoy of FBI SWAT cars uh, moving out uh, toward uh, his vacation homes. Uh, and I'm sure we'll see pictures suddenly released of uh, secret documents spread all over the floor uh, as they did to President Trump. Uh, we, we've heard uh, Biden's official papers are sealed uh, at uh, Penn University. Uh, why, for a vice president, uh, that's public property? How could that be? How could they be sealed? Well, I mean, it it, it doesn't look like uh, Joe Biden was telling the truth about how he stored his papers. And, you know, this is something that uh, we, we are going to request information from the White House Counsel. Because uh, they've gone into great detail about, as you said, how President Trump's documents were stored at Mar-a-Lago. So, uh, you know, we need to know exactly how these were stored, what documents they were. You know, some of the documents that I think they're saying that Donald Trump has that they're calling classified is a, is a note from Kim Jong-un to Donald Trump. I don't think that's a issue of national security or anything like that. So we don't know what Donald, what uh, Joe Biden had, and we're going to try to find out. But again, this is another example of the hypocrisy of this administration, another example of a two-tier justice system in the Biden administration with Merrick Garland. And that's why we're starting that church select committee to try to uh, tackle the weaponization of the Department of Justice and FBI and try to enact reforms. Talking with a former Trump top national security official, uh, Cash Patel, uh, worked at Justice. He worked uh, at the National Security Council. Uh, he worked for the Department of Defense. Uh, 
are you going to is your committee going to talk with him about uh, Russia Gate? Uh, as he says, all of this begins with Russia Gate. Uh, he believes that uh, there are Republicans who uh, have seen uh, documents that are right on point, but they could not could not uh, release anything about it because of their uh, because of their security clearance. Uh, and their responsibilities, and of course, the, the result would be to violate uh, their uh, their responsibilities. Uh, there's a hidden CIA memo we all know uh, uh, sitting in the CIA, uh, the CIA uh, uh, Central Intelligence Agency, uh, that would be perhaps revelatory. Are you interested in in, in talking with him and uh, uh, learning more about what was involved there? I am. I'm, I'm confident that that uh, new church style committee looking into the weaponization of the DOJ and intelligence committee will be uh, requesting that and uh, trying to obtain that information and, and talk to all of those people. I mean, that's that's going to be a full time committee with a full time staff that does nothing but focus on this because it's a it's a it's a problem, as you know, uh, you know, just what I mentioned earlier that. The, the thought that a little sleepy government agency like the National Archives could trigger a raid of the former president's home. I mean, that's very concerning. So uh, everything's on the table. And I know that uh, there's a playbook there of all the wrongdoing that Donald Trump suffered through as president with respect to uh, threats from the intelligence community and the FBI spying on his campaign all the way till uh, the raid at Mar-a-Lago. You know, there, there's a, there's plenty of work for for this new select committee to, to delve into with respect to wrongdoing at the highest levels at the Department of Justice. Uh, speaking of the archives, uh, we now find out that part of the documents and uh, evidence uh, gathered by the January 6th committee will be sealed for a half century. Uh, and this all will reside with the archives. The, the archivists are taking control of the government uh, at the behest, it seems, of Joe Biden and the Marxist Dems. Yeah, and, you know, Lou, my fear is that uh, the January 6th committee is really the entity that got the National Archives to trigger the raid on Mar-a-Lago, not because Trump had any documents that were of the utmost concern to national security, but because they were on a fishing expedition trying to find out any damaging information that they could use against him in their uh, January 6th witch hunt. So we, we feel like that, you know, those documents shouldn't be sealed for 50 years. And I think that's another thing when those 20 guys that you mentioned at the beginning of your show were, were negotiating with uh, McCarthy when he was running for speaker, that was one of their issues. They wanted, you know, some committee, to, to be able to look into some of the abuses of the January 6th committee. And I think, I think they settled on the church committee doing that and having that authority. I know the language that was added during those five extra days would suggest that. I uh, haven't sat down yet and, and talked to it. We're, we're actually uh, going to be voting on that bill uh, very soon. So to, to make it official, but uh, I think that's something that that church style select committee will, will, uh, be concerned about as well. 
Well, I, you know, I know that you will be, a, you are a fearless uh, and one of the smartest uh, warriors uh, looking for the truth for Americans. And, uh, you know, we, I think it's, as an audience has listened to you uh, describe just part of what you and your committee are going to be doing, uh, they understand what a, a challenge, a trial, and, and uh, a, a great exertion this is going to be on your part and that of the committee. I'd like to ask you about a couple of things because the speaker uh, got rid of a couple of people that were well worthy of being gotten rid of from committees, including uh, Swalwell and uh, you know Omar uh, and the bunch. Uh, are, are there people that you think need to be removed from other committees? Uh, for example, uh, how about all of the you know the, the people who uh, are. Uh, came to from the Democratic Party on the J6 committee. Are they going to be allowed to have uh, those preferred committee assignments? All I know of is that uh, McCarthy's going to remove Swalwell and Adam Schiff from the Intelligence Committee. And this is significant because they get intelligence briefings. And we all know about the many lies that were told by Adam Schiff. Uh, we know that uh, Eric Swalwell. Uh, had a uh, relationship with a Chinese spy while he was getting intelligence briefings from the intelligence community. So I think those are two legitimate reasons to remove them from the intelligence committee. Now, uh, Pelosi or now Hakeem Jeffries may appoint them to other committees, but, uh, you know, the, then with Omar, she was on the foreign affairs committee and she just has so many anti-American sentiments and statements, it just was an embarrassment to the Foreign Affairs Committee, so she's being removed from that. Uh, it's my understanding that they can serve on other committees, they just can't serve on those committees. And look, symbolically, it's good to get rid of Adam Schiff from the Intelligence Committee because he's been the, he was the chair of it. And uh, I mean, how many things did he say in the name of intelligence that, uh, about Donald Trump and collusion with Russia and the Steele dossier that we now know is 100% bogus, fake. Uh, he's really damaged the reputation of our intelligence community. He's damaged the reputation of congressional oversight. So, you know, I don't know where they're going to put him, but I think it's a, a good statement that we're serious about only allowing members to have security clearances that are worthy of them and, and trustworthy. Well, I, and, and that, Every American, I would think, would be cheering as a result. I, I want to, as we sort of wrap up here uh, over the course of the next few minutes, because I know you've, you've got a tremendous schedule and we don't want to take up too much of your time. Well, I do want to, but I want to also be very respectful. Uh, the the relationship between McCarthy, the the what do they call them, the 20, uh, that seems to me to produce such amazing results. Uh, uh, contentious, yes, uh, but not in any way chaotic, nor did I find it disrespectful at any time, one of the other. Uh, do you think that's going to result in the, in the Republican 118th Congress being more uh, deliberative, more uh, vocal in their debate and discussion publicly, because I have to say, I was cheering uh, the entire time uh, for those issues to be uh, to be taken up broadly and publicly. Yes, I, I do think it's going to 
make us a, a better Congress. Uh, those guys had been mistreated in the past by previous speakers, the ones that, that served in Congress, but uh, you know, several of them are new, so they really hadn't had a chance yet, but they, like many Republicans, distrusted anyone that was in a leadership position in Washington. Uh, the changes made uh, give those guys a seat at the table, and they're reflective of a big percentage of our Republican base out there. So I think the base feels better now, has a little more confidence that, you know, this is uh, their voices are going to be heard. Uh, Jordan was was very involved in the process all along. And, you know, I had a lot of calls, Lou, more calls from uh, people in my district saying vote for Jim Jordan than than anyone. And I talk, as you know, I talk to Jordan every day. Listen, Jordan didn't want the job. I mean, he would rather uh, lead the investigation of the deep state then try to get 218 votes on the farm bill. You know what I mean? I mean, this this, this <laughs> investigation of the deep state is what Jim Jordan's wired for. And McCarthy's given him the green, green light, just like he's given me the green light on the Biden family investigation. So, uh, and, and those guys, most of them are on the oversight committee. I'm trying to get Scott Perry on the oversight committee as well. Uh, you know, these guys, they're, they're passionate. Uh, they they're very reflective of the majority of the viewpoints in my district. So I think it was a good discussion. I, I hope that we learn from it. We we can have this type of debate and 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 get a consensus. I just hope we do it a little quicker next time and we start a little earlier so we don't uh, uh, go past any any deadlines. But, you know, nothing was lost. The, the Democrats haven't had an oversight committee on, on tax dollars being spent in two years. So going four extra days without having a Speaker of the House didn't didn't hurt a thing. I think we learned from it. I hope we did. And I hope we can be a better uh, majority in the future. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, both parties have failed to produce a budget over the course of uh, a, uh, a decade and a half. Okay. So yes. a, a lot of a lot of improvement to, uh, to be made. And what you all have achieved is, I, I think, absolutely remarkable. Uh, as you know, we always give our guests the, the last word, Congressman. And uh, if you will, your concluding thoughts uh, uh, for an audience who is cheering you. Uh, and the Republican 118th Congress, and yes, uh, Speaker McCarthy, to get a lot done. Well, two things, Lou. Thanks for having me on again. Thanks for what you do. Uh, we're going to finally vote on some bills that I think conservatives have been uh, wanting Congress to vote on for a long time. I campaigned for Congress six years ago on the basis of term limits, and we're finally going to vote on, on term limits. I think if you want to fundamentally fix Congress, especially the Senate, you're going to have to enact term limits. We're also now, because of the rule changes, going to have to be serious about spending cuts. You know, Republicans always campaign and say they're for reduced spending, but then the, the spending always increases. And what we see what happened uh, just right before Christmas with the Senate and the omnibus bill, you know, they increased spending. So we're going to have to get serious about reducing spending when Democrats say, oh, the Republicans they don't have a plan to reduce inflation. Yes, we do. Our plan to reduce inflation is cut wasteful government spending. We have inflation because the Democrats spent too much money. So uh, I think you're going to see a commitment from this Republican majority to, to vote on bills like term limits and to actually propose and enact spending cuts that will hopefully reduce inflation and try to get us closer to a balanced budget. Congressman James Comer, thank you, sir. Chairman of the House Oversight Committee. Great to have you with us. Thank you, Lou. And thank you, everybody, for being with us here tomorrow. Freedom Caucus Chairman Congressman Scott Perry joins us.
also one of the 20 reformers of the 118th Congress. Please follow me on Twitter and Truth Social at Lou Dobbs. That's at Lou Dobbs on Twitter and Truth Social. Till tomorrow, thanks, God bless you, and God bless America.